Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. It is a uh, beautiful Thursday afternoon here and today is my interview uh, show. We broadcast here uh, live every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. on Thursdays and uh, you know this is a special day because I have a, uh, my guest today is Catherine Stone Ayers. And uh, she is an author and an artist and a teacher, and she is uh, calling in from, I'm also gathering um, warm, probably sunny uh, Hawaii, (laughs) as I'm here in Phoenix. Uh, Catherine, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you today? Oh, it's beautiful here in Hawaii. I just went out and planted some lemongrass. There you go. I guess we'll we'll both be. Uh, I'm, I'm here in Phoenix, and you're here, and you're in Hawaii. So we're probably going to uh, uh, a lot of the rest of the country that might be listening to this are certainly going to uh, appreciate our our nice weather at this point. Yes, it's it's very nice here as well too. We're in the upper 60s, and of course it's sunny as it always is. Mm, yeah. So, uh, I'm gathering you're probably dealing with similar weather, or maybe even warmer. Uh, well, I live up in the mountains on the okay. on the uh, volcano, so it's a little cool here. But it's probably warmer in general. I did live in Phoenix at um, oh a long time ago in the fifties, uh, early sixties, <clears throat> and um, it was hot. <laughs> yeah, Especially yeah, in the well, summer. yeah. Uh, that 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 it is. Yeah. Now now of course it's now of course it's nice. Well. All right, so we won't we won't uh, torture the rest of our listeners who might be dealing with uh, uh, <laughs> snow and, and twenty degree temperatures. <laughs> with no. annoying them, uh, we'll we'll uplift them into the warmth that they will eventually get to. I'm sure, as well too. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, again, welcome to the show. I'm I'm glad to be talking to you today. Um, I was I was uh, going over uh, looking at your your website and a number of things, and uh, certainly uh, you've got some interesting things to talk about. Um, you are an artist. I know that's probably one of your uh, primary things, and uh, clearly an artist at multiple levels. So I'd like to ask you about that. Let me, uh, before I do that, let me mention. Um, you know, I see we've got some people joining us in the chat room. I'm sure we've got some people joining us live as well. Welcome everyone uh, to the show. Uh, I'm going to talk with Catherine for about a half hour. And then I'm going to open up the phone lines and uh, welcome all of you to call in if you have any questions or comments you'd like to make. Uh, we're absolutely open to that. Just give us about a half hour into the show. The show's an hour today. So uh, I'd like to uh, to talk uh, with Catherine a bit. I'm sure as we do, it'll, it'll give you some more ideas and, uh, and uh, pique your curiosity to ask a bit about um, some of the things that she's done. So uh, that said, um, Catherine, so yeah, I, I see here you are an artist, uh, again, at multiple levels. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Uh, well, um, my art, I think, has pretty much been involved with healing in my life. Uh, it's been a big part of my art, anyway. Um, I had some health challenges in my 20s, and my grandmother said to me, I think it's time we took up painting. And she was a Quaker, so she used to use D. And she signed me up for a, a um, in art course in Hyannis on Cape Cod. And the directions were to um, bring a four-inch wallpaper scraper and a three-inch paintbrush and uh, some paints and a big bucket of water. <laughs> so then we just kind of painted from our imagination and... Uh, so I I had a nice start with uh, with painting in the sense that it was very free and uninhibited and there wasn't any opportunity to do anything, any noodling or nitpicking. <clears throat> and um, what emerged from the painting were a bunch of lobster shacks and I put it in a little show in Hyannis and that was the beginning and I, I realized I was very uplifted by doing art and it was healing for me so... I kept going. <laughs> Did you have any uh, art training before that in that sense, or was it just something that you, you kind of dived into at that point? No, I just kind of dived into it, and then uh, I thought, oh, well, this is pretty neat way to uh, make a living, and I decided I 
I thought I wanted to be a medical illustrator, and so I signed up to go to the Art Center School in Los Angeles, and so I did a formal training there, which was a lot of, you know, nitpicking and being precise and exact and doing illustrations, and <clears throat> at some point I realized that I would much rather do art for my own transformation, and so I became a chiropractor <laughs> and made my living that way. Uh, but I never stopped doing the art. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you're. You know, I, I can appreciate that also too. I was actually, um, I was actually an art major in college, um, so I, I have some history back there as well too. Uh, even though I, I guess mine was focused more on advertising art, which I think may have been the thing that turned me off from that. In that way, I just wanted to paint or draw mm-hmm. for myself probably uh more than that one of the things i find very very interesting about um you know looking at your your biography and and some of the things that you've done is the interconnection of course between doing art and that also being an element of a healing modality mm-hmm. in that sense yeah. so uh how did that how did that kind of um you know how did that come about well, I, I think it, it was just kind of spontaneous. I just noticed that I felt better when I was doing art, and uh, I <clears throat> I was told with, with my health condition that it would be good to live in in a warm climate. So I actually moved to Arizona in Apache Junction with a with a landscape artist who needed a um, oh she needed a companion. Her husband had just died, and uh, so <clears throat> she asked me whether I join her landscape painting and and I did and I just started feeling better and better. I mean, I know it was more than the climate. I think it was just being involved with that whole creative impulse and creative expression. And and the the other thing that I find about art is uh at least for myself and other people that I've talked to, you kind of get in a meditative no time, no right. space place and I think that's a very healing place to be. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I, I think that if you can, you know, I, I always laugh because um, I, I'm actually very, I'm always very impressed when I when I see artists who are have kind of a freestyle to them in that sense. Um, when I was um, when I was doing art myself, I was very very um, anal <laughs> in how I even did my art in that sense. I guess. Um, I had a, an ability to sort of reproduce art. I could take a photograph and I could almost reproduce it in pen and ink or, or things of that nature, which is a skill in its own right, but it actually also became somewhat too precise. So I was always very amazed by people who could do more abstract type of stuff in that sense as well and kind of had the freedom to move that way in that sense. But I do see, um, you know, clearly uh, there is an interconnection with that. It, you know, it sounds to me that, that that ability to use color and to to express that way really definitely would be a very, very strong influence on healing and creating um, uh, some other pathways for awareness or healing in the body and in the psyche as well, too. And it sounds mm-hmm. like that's a big part of what you encountered. I think so. I mean, I know there's a fair amount of research of how color affects uh, people. You know, red is enlivening and energizing, and blue is calming, and so is green, and yellow can be uplifting. You know, I know there's been quite a bit of research on that. And um, when I did this course that I wrote the book about, um, we part of the instruction uh, with the painting was to just the paints were set out in pots in the middle of a room and we were just instructed to go and and uh, see what color we resonated with in that moment dip our brush into it go back to our paper that was um you know tacked onto the wall and just start making strokes without thinking about it just um doing <clears throat> whatever felt spontaneous and intuitive so yeah that was um i think that particular kind of painting without a whole lot of um, mental I have to do this or I have to do that or I have to make it come out a certain way is very freeing and and also helps us access parts of our psyche that we wouldn't normally access. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Yeah, without question. 
it's interesting again to to uh, to see someone to me talking about an interconnection between creativity and art and healing in that sense. Did you find that um, you know because you had mentioned that uh, you know part of the spur maybe into this to some extent was a, a trigger with a certain amount of uh, I mean whether I don't know the right word of disease or illness in that mm-hmm. sense became kind of a trigger factor in this. But I want to ask you a little bit more about that, primarily because, again, I think a lot of the listeners, a lot of people tuning in, you know, people have different levels of challenge in that sense in terms of whether emotional, psychological, or physical in that respect. And, you know, I always say that a lot of times our, you know, here's my here's my blunt way of putting things, a lot of times our crappiest stuff actually can sometimes be the doorway into uh, something amazing in that sense, and an opportunity for transformation. So I would certainly uh, like to say that that is something uh, that may encourage a lot of people in that respect, whether they take a painting or any other type of creativity in that sense. A lot of times, again, we have to remember that the the adversity or the difficulty, again, can actually be the spur to allow our creative selves, uh, uh, creative side to come to the surface in that sense. Um, so I kind of, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Um, do, do you feel that the, um, you know, that the the work actually did influence the, um, the the physical in that respect as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that you use the the word doorway for some of our difficulties, whether it's disease in the body or disease in the psyche or you know, old experiences that have been traumatic. And um, I I really experienced that as being true and uh, also realized that if we can connect with those things in a, in a safe and supported way, whether it's painting or writing or music or dancing or the expressive arts in the, in the, in the context of, being with a safe person or in a safe place that can allow our unconscious or our old imprints from the past to come up and be healed. And and I know often they feel awful and yucky when they rise to the surface, but, but I love that um, metaphor of a doorway because I think if we can think of some of the things in our life that have been disagreeable, and think of them as doorways that it's easier to allow ourselves to connect with them and to allow them to be transformed. Yeah, absolutely great point. Because I, I think, you know, especially, you know, for, for many people in the last couple of years, I mean, you know, historically everyone during their life will, will deal with different points when they, they have, you know, some some difficulties to, to transcend or move through or uh you know whether those be again again emotional issues or or psychological ones or financial ones or physical ones you know uh, there's been certainly probably a lot more triggers for a lot more people in the last couple of years i mm-hmm. think in that sense of of tests to overcome in that respect you know i always say um i'm a i'm a writer also and i'm i'm not here to talk about my book today i'm here to talk about yours in a minute but i do want to kind of use this as a reference point that you know i went through one of the most difficult emotional uh psychological uh breakdowns that i had ever experienced back in 2001 and that actually i used writing um i had decided to write as a way to heal the emotional, psychological wound that I was going through. Mm-hmm. That's what was coming to me as I needed to write. Mm-hmm. And um, in actuality, so looking back on it, that difficult experience became the trigger really to kind of um, initiate me into becoming a writer. So as bad as it was, and I, I don't want to minimize it really was bad, uh, and this all happened like for me like in 2001. So there was sort of a double whammy of, of 2001 wasn't probably a great year for most Americans at, at multiple <laughs> levels, but uh, uh, but it really became a, a very powerful uh, way for me to transform the uh, the pain I was going through at that time. In that sense, by by opening up a creative doorway, I think that, and, and I, I can say this to all of the listeners um, as well, because a lot of times people don't think that they are necessarily creative, but I think we all are in our own way. In that sense, a lot of times it's just an issue of whether you're going to take the risk. And and um, and be willing to play, in that sense, and and open up and, and check out whether you have skills and abilities in the first place. 
Would you agree with yeah. that? Absolutely. Yes, I think we are all creative, and, and some of us have uh, blocks to our creativity. You know, maybe some grade school teacher said when we did some writing or some art, what's that supposed to be in a kind of a negative way, and it maybe right. turned us off. And But underneath the, those um, disagreeable experiences, I think that's our basic nature is, is to be creative. And I love the fact that you used writing to, to in your own healing. I I just recently did a course called um, Write for Health uh, that was given uh, through a Story Circle Network. And um, there's a lot of research saying uh, how writing helps to heal us. And one of the one of the people that she talked about in the course was Penny Baker. And Penny Baker has this process where he has you write about a traumatic event for 15 to 20 minutes for four days in a row. Uh, he doesn't like you to go more than that because, and he says to stop if it gets too intense and come back to it. <clears throat> but the the research has shown that people really uh, heal by by doing writing. They become more spontaneous, more social, more engaged in their life, more free to create. And uh, and I mean I've I've even done times when I've sitting down and just done spontaneous writing, which means don't worry about what you're saying or crossing right. the T's or dotting the I's. Just keep going. And um, and and I, I've written about whatever it was that I thought was blocking me. You know? And first right. thing you know, it just seems like it's you know, it's not becoming an issue. The fact that I've written about it, it, it sort of um, takes the charge off of whatever it was that I was worried about. Right, absolutely right. Because I think it's com a complete shift in gears mm -hmm. in that sense, um, mentally also, uh, mm -hmm. in that respect. When I when I first when I first wrote my first book, I actually had had not intended to write a book. I, I began to write a series of essays about what I had gone through emotionally and psychologically. But what was interesting is the parallel to it is at the same time I found myself compulsively doing a um, a, a, a a colored pencil drawing of a phoenix, um, yeah. the mythical bird that transforms itself in its own ashes. Wow. And that was my intention at the same time that I was going to, this would transform me in that sense, in that way. In fact, I still have the original artwork, and I hadn't done anything for a while. It was just something that I felt very, very compelled to do um, while I began to do this. You know, and the point I bring up with this, because uh, I'd like to talk a bit about uh, your book also, but what I think, you know, I'd say a lot to a lot of the listeners as well, from what I know in my experiences, the key is you have to do what 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 you're being drawn to do without worrying so much about whether it's good or not yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And or, or again, I, I think you put that beautifully too about editing, whether you didn't get your T crossed in mm -hmm. that respect as well too. There's something about just mm -hmm. moving through the process in that sense and then um, you, know, deal, you can deal with editing later if, mm -hmm. if you decide to in that sense. But I think you have to kind of get out of that, that, that mindset in that sense, in order to really, really get started, I think that's what blocks a lot of people up in that respect. Um, so, exactly. uh, on that said, look, what's that? I have to cut you off. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about your book. Um, do you have more than one, or is uh, no? Or, this uh, is my first one. I, I'm okay, working okay. on some more writing, but this was the first one I did. Right. So uh, I want you to talk a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about uh, the book. And, and well, well, like you, um, I, it just kind of happened spontaneously. I went to this uh, painting workshop, <clears throat> an intuitive express, expressive painting workshop called The Painting Experience on Molokai. It was a 10-day workshop. And <clears throat> so much material surfaced for me and so many of my belief systems got challenged that I just started writing as a means to kind of integrate my experience there. And when I got home, I kept on writing because the material kept surfacing and I went, okay, I'm just going to ride this wave because it was it was a pretty big emotional wave mm. and um, and reorientation of my view views of life. <clears throat> and when I went to the workshop, I was feeling very, very stuck and shut down, and I wondered what was going on because I didn't feel very creative. 
and I felt kind of frozen and not too involved in my life. The name of the book is From Frozenness to Freedom. So, right. you know, I, that was kind of my experience of unfreezing there and uh, being freed up in many different ways. But but I, to go on about how the book evolved, um, I, I read what I'd written to some of my friends, and they enjoyed it, and then I just kind of put it away. And then I was having a... Um, uh, a appointment with a artist from New York, Sheila Kremlin, and um, showing her my portfolio. And she said, oh, well, you do some lovely paintings. Then I showed her my expressive art, and she said, got very quiet and said, oh, I think this is your real life work. And um, I wish you would put these paintings in a book and send them to me. I'd love to give the book to my niece who I mean my grandchild who had had multiple surgeries and she said I think it would help her well those were the magic words you know I I like the idea of being able to help people and uh so I I put it in in a in a narrative form I included the poetry that I'd written and put it in there included the paintings and I was in a memoir class at the time and so I I uh read excerpts of what I'd written to them and they said well what was the setting like what were the people in the workshop like and you know and so I just sort of fleshed out the writing with more uh, more descriptions of, of, of the place and my experience and actually it made it more true to my experience and so that's how it evolved yeah wow um and so your book, obviously, you've got. Um, I only was, I had a chance to kind of uh, look through a little bit of it um, uh, through the online promo, but um, you know, obviously, it, it's not only a written book, but clearly, you've got a lot of illustrations uh, uh, in it as well, too. I believe. Yeah, I, I included most of the paintings I did at that particular workshop, and some of them were pretty intense, having to do with death and illness and abuse and transformation and then there were a few other ones that had to do with you know uh confronting some of my ideas and concepts about life <laughs> such as right. you know i i did a painting that i thought was finished and um the instructor in the class came by and said well what wouldn't you put in this painting i said well nasty little boxes and outlines because i don't like the idea of being boxed in the, the right, right. box is a trigger word for me <laughs> so so I, he said well it looks like you got some more work to do so I started painting little boxes and making outlines and then I just became delighted with the painting it took on a kind of luminosity and I was actually enjoying myself so I had to laugh that you know my idea about boxes was being broken down and now I look around my office and it's full of boxes that are containing various right. <laughs> office supplies, and I'm going. Boxes aren't all that bad. It's and just the context. That and that's great. I think that's an excellent point. Um, I, I see. I've got a couple of callers coming in, so I'm going to I'm going to start taking calls in a few minutes. But I think you uh, you know you bring up an excellent point uh, because I you know I I do this as well. So I'm talking about with with my clients and with people all the time about really, really uncovering and recognizing the beliefs that we have in that sense because when we, you know, we often will have uh, beliefs that are, are very, very um, fear-connected or rigid in that sense um, that um, really end up kind of creating a negative in our life. And, mm-hmm. and, and whatever tool we use to, to discover, you know, what those limiting beliefs are, you know, there's so many different ways of, of going about it that I think what we're talking about here today, of course, is very, very uh, significant as a way of getting at those things and then breaking them down in a way where they can even be eliminated entirely, which, of course, then shifts your reality in mm-hmm, that sense, mm-hmm. which, again, I think is the is the ultimate goal in that respect mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so, like I said, yeah, because I think you can get, um, you know, if we if we avoid any type of uh, limitation or boxes, period, through our entire life, that could become restrictive <laughs> in exactly. its own right in that sense. 
Yeah. In and of themselves, they're right. They're not necessarily a negative thing, you know, depending on how we perceive it. But you're absolutely right. You know, there's so many things that happen, you know, when we're younger, uh, these beliefs that we form about our own um, skills and abilities and what we're able to do in that sense that really, really, just to me, require uncovering them and then uh, moving through and making a decision whether we want to continue to believe or think that way. Exactly, yeah. You know, And and to and practice we, a new way of being. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think it, it's so significant, the creative process in that sense, because it really, I think, I hate to say it's a way of going around, because uh, in very many respects it might actually just be pretty much going right through in that uh-huh. sense, but it's a different approach, a different angle toward an issue and a theme, and I think a lot of times when we're we're not necessarily stuck in our normal cognitive conscious mind in that sense, um, you know, the, the the connectives that come through the creative process are, are hugely powerful uh-huh. to be able to, to tap into right. and become unfrozen. I like that analogy, uh-huh. by, uh-huh. by the way, in that sense, yeah. uh, at, at multiple levels. Um, awesome. All right, let me. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take one of the callers that we have, uh, and then we'll continue on with the okay. uh, with the interview here. Uh, let's see if I can get my caller up and running. I have a lot more questions to ask too, but we'll push forward here. Okay, four eight four. Welcome to Snake Oil Radio. You're on air. Hello. Hi. Hello. Who Hi. are we talking to? Hi. Uh, this is the first time I'm listening to your show and calling in. I wasn't too sure what all your show was exactly about because I haven't been listening, you know, for long. This is the first time I listened for a little bit, but, um, you know, I wanted to find out more information about your show and, you know, what it's all about. Okay. And what's your name? Uh, my name is Tony. T-O-N-I. All right, Tony. All right, thank you for calling in and welcome to the show. Yeah, if it's your first time catching it, um, I, I, I do this show uh, every Thursday. Uh, my name is Jim Ventura. Um, I am a, uh, a what I call a navigational consultant. I have uh, skill as an astrologer and uh, numerologist, and I work with different types of oracles. I'm an, a writer, an author, okay. uh, teacher. So uh, Snake Oil Radio uh, was was I, I do a monthly column um, uh, with a column that I call Snake Oil. In fact, I'm publishing a book called Snake Oil, Volume One of my collected columns. And really, the radio show um, is an opportunity to talk really about alternative thoughts and ways of viewing things. There's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, may sound very obvious uh, 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 perspective with Snake Oil Radio. Um, you know, the title came to me, uh, I kind of call it part of my um, wise-assness in that sense, because many times when you, you have an alternative philosophy or a different point of view, uh, people will throw you into the snake oil salesman category. And my okay. perspective was, well, rather than fight it, why don't I run with it in that sense and, and see the humor in it that people would call it that uh, in that sense. So um, uh, that's in essence what we do with the show. Um, I usually read my column, and I every, once a month I get to do an interview show. And today um, I'm interviewing and also talking with Catherine Stone Ayers, who is a artist and a uh, chiropractor and a healer at multiple levels. So uh, we've been kind of chatting with Catherine today. So wow. uh, have you caught any of that um, of the of the conversation with Catherine so far, or did you just basically uh, just get in a little bit ago? I just got in a little bit ago, but it's funny how you said that you are into astrology and stuff like that because um, what's happening to me recently, and I'm trying to figure out what all this is going on with my own self, is um, I'm starting to have visions. Okay, like I can be wide awake and and the vision will just boom pop up, or I'll get a dream, or I'll get a message. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and whatever the dream tells me to do, like if it says, you know, go email that person and tell them this, this, and this, I do it because right. somehow I, I mean, and I'm trying to figure out where this coming from, and um, the the latest vision I'm having. And what's scary is my visions come true. So I'm trying to figure this all out. Uh, the vision is an ex-boyfriend is going to be showing up here. I know the color of the car, the color of the pants he's going right. to wear, the color of his bag that he has the clothing in. 
and we haven't even talked in three and a half months. So what does this mean? Right. Okay. Uh, great question. I'm going to let I'm, Catherine. I'm going to let you um, throw your your input on this uh, first, uh, and then I'll make a comment or two myself. But I'd, I'd like to see what what you're picking up and getting on this. If you have any uh, thing you want to say to Tony. Well, I think it is uh, surprising sometimes when we have a vision or a, a gut feeling or a message in a dream or other kind of message. And um, I would just say to you, um, accept it and check it out, see how it plays out in your life. I, I don't know that it's important to understand exactly where it's coming from. It could be coming from your high self or dream body or wherever, but I think the important thing is how it impacts your life and and is it um, perhaps a real ally for you in terms of knowing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it sounds like it is, um, uh, and, and what I'm going to you know throw in with my two cents, Tony, too, is this is a very kind of important thing that you're bringing up because a lot of people... Um, will will go through things like this and um, and you know think that they're uh, and sometimes be scared by it a little right. bit because you know I mean that's really really common in that sense. So one of the things that I would say to remind you of is remember that when you get intuitive information, especially when it has to do with other people or picking up other things about um, others right. or seeing events and th- situations. There's two things to keep in mind. One, we're looking at what I call vector points, which means you're looking at um, uh, probabilities, things that are likely to occur that look like they're getting ready to sort of imprint that way into the physical. They don't always occur, but the you know the more intuitive one is, the more you're often able to pick up on these on these um, imprints more strongly. Um, The other thing is, and this is really really important, if you pick up information about someone in a situation in any way. Remember, you're not responsible, in essence, for creating that. Okay. Because sometimes we might pick up on a difficulty or something negative in that sense, and a lot of times what happens when people go through this is then they begin to feel guilty at some level, that I, I should have told the person or I picked up on it, maybe somehow I'm responsible. So be careful about that because it sounds to me, and you know, I'd say this to anyone who's going through similar types of experiences, and especially to you, uh, Tony, that you're, you know, you're, you're basically what's happening is in in, in a very similar way, like uh, you know what Catherine has been talking about today about this kind mm-hmm. of breakthrough that came through her creativity in that sense and her art um, was a, a major shift in her life in that sense. And it sounds like in your own way, you're going through a similar type of dynamic where it's sort of like another channel of input is now coming in, another radio right. frequency sense. Right, right. And, and you know what's really odd? A week ago, I had the worst case of migraine headache for like three, four days straight to where I was ready to go to the emergency room. Right. I mean, that's how severe. Nothing was taking it away. I made yeah. I made a whole pot of coffee. I took right. medicine. Nothing. Right. And then I had a vision of this man's head. His head is down. His hands on top of his head like he's really struggling with a decision. And I got the blunt of it with the migraine headaches. And I'm not right. even with this person. He's not talking to me anymore. So what 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 do I do? What I mean, are we supposed to be together or what? Do you want to do you want to address that, Catherine? <laughs> what do you want me to? Um well, I I guess what I would say is um, I think a big word here is trust. You know, uh, if you tune into your gut and your intuition, does it feel like you want to be in contact with this person? Um, is it important um, to you on an everyday level? And, um, I mean, I think sometimes we receive information doesn't mean we necessarily have to tell the person about it. Right. Um, uh, if we do receive the information and we feel impelled to tell someone about it, that mm-hmm. um, um, then it's it's always good to check it out with them. Is that I have this? You can tell them I have this hunch or I had this dream or I had this feeling about this. Would you like me to tell you about it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But I think not the, even communicating with me. You know, I've tried yeah. to email this person. I've tried to be gentle. 
and wow. they are just, um, you, you know, something must be going on over there in in their world. So, you know, well, I'm maybe they're. It could be they're not ready to talk about it, and maybe. Right. D- did your headache go away when you realized what it was about? Um. Yeah, but then I got one or two more headaches after that. You know, uh-huh. whenever I get a headache, it's you know I see him. The vision, uh-huh. you know, like if he's having a problem, uh-huh. I'm going to be affected by it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I don't know right. how this—I don't know how this began because everything was good because we were on a relationship basis for two solid years, and then when he decided to quit talking to me out of the blue, uh-huh. is when um, I would say this weird stuff started going on. It took maybe two or three months. Well, he hasn't talked to me in three months. It took about two months for me to finally start getting, you know, how I'm feeling with the headaches. Because mm-hmm. it didn't start right away. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I'm gonna, what I would say, yeah. you really want to be connected to this person. Right. And you could have a conversation with... Uh, your intuition or your higher self and say, you know, I, if you don't want to be connected with them, you know, I really don't need to know what's going on in this person's life. And um, <clears throat> I'm, could, trying to could you help? Out, I'm trying to figure out why am I connected. He was the one that cut the conversation off, you know. I don't know what, I mean, I don't know if I'm meant to be with him or if, because he uh, can't communicate that the spirit is taking over and trying to let me know what's going. I mean, I don't know. Right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my 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 uh, two and a half cents into this. Here's the thing: um, a couple things to be aware of. Because you're you're getting information in a connective in that sense doesn't necessarily mean that you're meant to be together. And I think. You know, Catherine was 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 bringing that up um, as well too. Um, it sounds to me like, it, and this is very very key. A lot of times when people have headaches or migraines, it means there's an issue going on with the sixth chakra, because the okay. sixth chakra in the body is related to our ability to see the larger picture. Uh, in okay. that sense, so migraines typically are. Um, uh, uh, you know, difficulty with processing the detail, understanding the larger picture, or an overload of information in that sense. Um, right. And so that's very, very key. But re- think of it this way. You were interconnected with this individual at one point, and it sounds yeah. like what's happening is you're still what I like to call corded. Okay. It means that energetically he is communicating with you. He may not be able to communicate with you physically and verbally in the normal fashion, but energetically he's still corded. Meaning, you know, when we get intimate with people and we care about them, we kind of like, we, we almost build cords to them. And there are good okay. cords and bad cords. You can have a cord to your dog or your child in that sense. And if the child is having difficulty, you can feel it at right. some level or struggling. That's what, what what cording can feel like. So that's what happens often when we're intimate with someone. Even if we physically break up and separate, we still have cords. So what I would recommend for you um, at this point in the game is just kind of do a little meditation and a visualization where you look at yourself and almost scan the body in that respect and basically say, I'm going to keep all pink cords or positive cords with others connected, and any that are negative or that are draining my energy or making me uncomfortable, I'm going to snip. Mm-hmm. And because it, could, it sounds like there's unfinished business between the two right. of you, and you're reaching out not physically, but you're reaching out energetically. So my guess is that eventually there will be a future um, situation where much of this is resolved, but you may just be picking up, it on an, uh, picking up on it on an energetic basis now. And like Catherine's saying, you could ask your higher self to just say, okay, chill on that. Right. It's disruptive. Do you feel, do you feel like he's picking up on my energy also? Is he going through the same... Yeah, but in a different way. I'll say yes and no. Yes, but in a different way. You've got to remember big difference between men and women in the way they so, perceive things. So, so I feel like he, there's still unresolved anger on his part. He has anger at me? Yeah. You know, remember um, love and hate are sort of the same thing. But, well, I'm trying to figure out what did I do for him to just shut down 
and be angry at me. What? How do I find the answer? What did I do wrong? If, okay. If he, uh, <laughs> all right. I, I can answer, Captain. Did you want to? Did you want to answer that for her or? Well, it just sounds like you're being hard on yourself, and maybe yeah. you didn't do anything wrong. You know. Yeah. But if he has anger, what? Why? Like it may not be. It could be. You know, it could be anger also with himself. So you know what I mean, and that usually comes out of springing out of uh, people feeling like something is unresolved, in that sense. So I would suggest, you know, in answer to this, just get really, really quiet, like I had said, and and like I said, do some of the decording in that sense, and really, really. If you if you're able to, I think you know it's very appropriate that you called in for this uh, for this show, and right. let me tell you why. Because I think what I'd like you to do is I'd like to follow you to follow Catherine's clue in that sense, and I'd rather you stop analyzing and thinking about what is going on here, and I want you to do something creative that right. has nothing to do with this particular issue in that sense. Something creative, and I will bet that the moment that you're in that creative energy. And, and feeling that moving through, the 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 channel is going to shift, and then you'll have an awareness of what this is about. Okay? Okay. Now, and what that about, will get you there. What about this vision about him showing up or him coming here or him moving here? I mean, what what is that all about? Yeah, that's, I mean, you're, you're, you're picking up on someone's probable intention. So that's the beauty is you don't have to worry about it. If he makes the decision to actually follow up on the plan, he will, and then you'll deal with it then. But what's happening is you have to realize this, too. When you, when you develop intuitive ability, a lot of times you're picking up on events before they're physical. So you also right. don't want to get caught up in the trap of reacting to them as if he's already in the room with you. Well, right, because he's not I, mean, there yet. I, I see all of his clothes and all of his stuff in the back seat, right. and I'm thinking, is this going to come to fruition? Is this going to right. happen? It probably will. Oh, so, my. But not necessarily. But that's why you want to just relax. You're, you know, your own higher self okay. is telling you about a a, a, a potential event. So, okay. it, it, so clearly when we hear you talk to you, you sound like there's there's some discomfort with it. On that sense, and you're in as well too. So let yourself kind of get creative and neutral about it, and realize that if it does occur, you'll deal with it, and it will either be um, it'll be part of a healing process. Right. Right. Follow me, and that's what you want. I mean, so that's what where this is is reaching out in that sense energetically. So mm-hmm. um, you trust in it, because I think that this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. I think there's more. Uh, there's more awareness and, and growth for you in that sense. So this is just the beginning. Oh yeah, just, right. I, yeah, I, I agree. Just, and you can you can trust it. But right. You don't have to do I'm anything thinking, about it yet. I'm thinking, you know, am I just having wishful thinking that he's going to really show up? You know, I'm self-delving right. myself. Right. That's very, very normal in, in the process of developing. When you, you know, if you're developing intuitive ability and, and, and opening up other channels within the mind and the psyche, you know, in, in some ways it's no different. I mean, if you were taking piano lessons with a teacher, okay. you'd probably go okay. through periods of doubt about whether you're any good, whether you're doing a good job, whether you suck, whether you, you know what I mean? You would go through that too. So the same thing happens when we develop intuitive ability. We doubt ourselves. But the good news is as you get more comfortable with it and as you progress full, forward with it, you'll get more comfortable with it and learn to trust in your impressions and your perceptions and be less hard on yourself. Now, how how do I send Christopher positive energy or love so he can get rid of this anger? Right. Great idea in that sense. Uh, Catherine, do you want to feel that? Um, well, that's 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 definitely an option, but on the other hand, you're not responsible for his anger, so you right. know, he may not he may not want to get rid of it. Right. Good point. You so you could you could you can throw out the idea and say I'm I'm offering you this uh I'm offering you peace. You can send a symbol of a dove you know, a white feather, you can offer a symbol of peace. But how but how do I send him something you know, through meditation or spiritually, where I don't have to send him an email 
or anything right. like that. How do I send him something since I'm so connected with his spirit or whatever you want to call it? How do I send him positive, you know, back? Well, like like Catherine's saying, you you do that without you can send that and not be you know it's kind of like if you sent a, a uh, if you sent a a uh, a note to a friend and they chose not to respond to it you could either get right. irritated with them or you could say well you know i it was it was about me sending a note saying i'm sending an offering of peace here in that sense that's what what you really want to do you don't want to worry about whether he receives it or not but really that's a process of 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 meditation uh, tony just just get quiet and use a meditation, you know, see yourself going to a, a peaceful place in that sense. And then, you know, then visualize him, um, you know, uh, him sitting in front of you or just his energy pattern. Then offer him um, that peace, that release of, of that unfinished business in that sense. And say, you know, you're willing to finish it in that respect. And if he's not, then that's okay too. And then know that what you did will work. Right. For the higher good. Right. In that sense, okay? Right. So, all right, awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, we've got a, another caller here, Tony, so I'm going to have to uh, okay. cut you short. But I do appreciate your call, and, um, and uh, you know, we appreciate you, your input. You, you're, I think you're speaking for a lot of people who are, are going through similar things. So you, thank you for right. calling in. Okay? Yes, thank you. And I will start listening to the show regularly. Awesome. Hope to hear from you again. All right. All right. Thank you. Have you. a great day, darling. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. Let's see. All right. Now let me see what we got here. Okay. All right. Catherine, you're still there? Uh, actually, I want to switch okay. gears a little bit here on the other phone call because I have someone in the chat room making a comment or a question. So I don't know if I don't know if you're in the chat room. So I'm going to read to you what my destiny is asking about. My destiny says, I had a dream that told me to get up and look out the window at 2 a.m. So I did, and then the alarm clock went off in that room one minute later. Crazy. Uh, right before I go to sleep, my eyes are shut. I can see faces that appear out of clouds like form. Also kind of crazy. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, um, again, I think a lot of people are um, are are opening up to um, a different perception and, and new intuitive abilities in that sense. Uh, I think that's one of the things that's happening in the world uh, that you're, you're able to do if you're willing to tune into it in that sense. You know, you can get into the whole theory about the, the shift between the Piscean Age and the Aquarian Age and all of those things, um, which we've talked about on other shows. But the reality is, yeah, I mean, these, these other doorways, I think that while they may be more um, accessible, I think they've always been there in that sense, these, these other doors, these other perceptions. Um, uh, you know, uh, how do you how do you feel about that, Catherine? Yeah, I I would second the motion. <laughs> I think people are opening up and and to uh, maybe just to be open and curious and and uh, talk to other like-minded people, and so that because sometimes it can be scary when something new like that happens. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely right. That's what I think throws people. Let me. Uh, we've got a, a little bit more time, so I want to throw the phone number up for anyone if they'd like to call in. We'll probably take one more caller. Six four six two hundred three nine six six is our call in number here. If you have a question for Catherine or a comment, six four six two hundred three nine six six. Otherwise, we'll just continue on uh, with the rest of the interview here. But uh, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I'm I'm in complete agreement about that in that sense. I think that uh you know, there there you know, I I've personally I've studied a lot of different philosophies and perceptions. I always like to call um uh I like the, the druid reference uh calling it the other world mm-hmm. in that sense and the ability to tune into the other world and get messages and, and, and symbols and uh things from that world. But I think that we have to be really, really aware to not to be careful about also getting too literal mm-hmm. in that sense about some of the perceptions that we that we uh we also get in that sense we still have to maneuver between physical reality and the energy that kind of comes through in the other world mm-hmm. um let me uh i want to change gears here too and i want to ask you something else catherine uh while i have you on uh on the on the line here still you know you also are a chiropractor mm-hmm. and um 
I think that's uh, very interesting as well because I, I'm sure you can go on this and uh, talk about this in, in, a, in a bit more uh, with a bit more expertise than I can. But I think that you know the body physically stores emotions and memory patterns and things as well too, and that chiropractic work and massage work and things of that nature are, can be very very powerful in moving things through or bringing something to surface as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I um as a chiropractor I used to do uh a lot of different kind of modalities and especially I found when I did visceral work with people which is working on the uh gut organs and so forth that a lot of times uh they'd burst into tears or lots of material would come up that, that was surprising to them. Um, and I thought, oh dear, what is this? What's this about? So I went back to school and uh, studied counseling psychology, got a degree in that, because I wanted to be able to understand more about that. And I I did lots of work in somatic psychology, and and absolutely, there's a lot that's stored in our bodies. You know, we can sometimes just get in touch with them by by tuning into attention, whether it's a migraine headache or a neck ache or a foot ache or a knee ache, and sometimes these have emotional content to them. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I know. I'm. I'm always constantly. Um, I'm always. Uh, you know, years ago I did a, a public access talk show and I was talking to a, a chiropractor and I, I told him that sometimes I was able to, you know, crack my own neck or to Mm -hmm. maneuver certain ways that would kind of get me to feel realigned, although he vehemently warned me against that. (laughs) So I don't (laughs) don't know if you're in agreement with that as well, too. And I was like, I'm not really sure. Because I guess, like, it's a funny thing that I do. I'm kind of a a big guy in that sense because I like to work out and things of that nature. So I call it my bear move. Sometimes if I'm around a board or a tree or something, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm moving my back. Or mm-hmm. shoulder muscles against it in that sense, in a way where I'm trying to realign something mm-hmm. in that sense, yeah. and I, I think that's natural. By the way, with it, I think it is. You know, uh, we we have all kinds of things that we do: yoga and uh, Pilates, and on and on to help relieve tensions in our body. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, wh- whatever method necessarily uh, works for you. But I always think that there's there's that, you know, you, you either heal mentally and emotionally and then the physical body shifts, or you heal the physical body and the emotional mental body shifts, or mm-hmm. even more powerfully, you do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's this kind of chicken and egg thing that you're talking right. about. I, re- I remember... Um, I went and did some rolfing sessions, oh, quite a number of years ago, maybe 30 years ago, and all of a sudden this rage came up. And I went back to my chiropractic office, and I was just lighting into everybody, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't stand myself. <laughs> and then right, I realized right. that, you know, something was stored in the fascia. He was releasing the fascia and some of the muscles and tightness in my body, and there was emotional content to that. And so, you know, but it it scared me at the time. I went, what is going on? Yeah. Stored, yeah, stored anger mm-hmm. uh, in that sense in the body. Absolutely. I had a car accident back in, in 2002, right after my nightmare of 2001, early 2002, I had a car accident. And the uh, chiropractor that I went to, it was a pretty bad accident, and I went to a chiropractor for a while, and the chiropractor that I went to happened to have a rolfer on staff as his massage therapist, and mm-hmm. he only had that for about a three-month period, and that happened to be when I went, which mm-hmm. was really, really cool, because I worked with a rolfer, and, I, and I, I'll tell you, it really kicked your ass in that mm-hmm. sense, rolfing. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, I cried when that dude worked on me. But mm-hmm. I realized that, uh, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I had a lot of stored anger um, uh, emotionally and psychologically as well, too. In fact, I, I believe at a deeper level that's also why I had the uh, the car accident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I was very angry um, emotionally at someone psychologically, and I think that when you, you know, that energy is not directed and you store it in that sense, mm-hmm. you know, you might mm-hmm. find yourself you want to you're so mad you want to hit somebody you might find yourself mm-hmm. getting hit by a car. Oh yeah, that's but, possible. You know what I mean? And I ended up, but again, it 
it was I think I was very lucky to have come across that. It was, you know, a uh, very very um effective form of treatment in that sense because considering the intensity of the accident, I'm really pretty sound um mm-hmm. afterwards in that sense. Um, you know, there's still occasional triggers, but it certainly is a lot better. But I've definitely, you know, through multiple polarities, I've released my anger. I I'm probably one of the I call myself one of the least angry people in the world right now in that sense because I refuse <laughs> to get angry. <laughs> I will get angry. My philosophy is you get angry at someone, you tell them more or less right then and there, you know, you're pissing me off, I don't like that in that sense, and then you're done with it. Then you let it go. Yeah. No okay. reason to hang on to it anymore in that sense. Okay. You know what I mean? You release it, you, you kind of move forward. So I think this is my great advice to everyone in that sense. You know what? You just do anger briefly and then be done with it. Right, right. It, it doesn't matter what someone did. Are you kidding me? We can go through our whole list of all the crappy things we've had to deal with in our lives, but, you know, I mean, they are what they are. They're the past. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, okay, I want to ask you one more question because we're going to be running out of time here. I want to ask you just one quick question about what what do you feel about, you know, the benefit of living in Hawaii? Maybe that's a silly question, but I don't think it is. Um, I think there's such a different energy to different areas. And what do you feel you know, um, with the connection to Hawaii? Well, uh, Hawaii is a, besides being beautiful and, you know, all the standard images about Hawaii, beautiful beaches and tropical flowers and the the natural beauty, I think it does have a, a very transformative energy. And I find, you know, I've gone through lots of different transformations since I've been here, and they've been different. And people often remark on the different qualities of the different islands, like the big island supposedly with an vol- active volcano, people related to the base chakra. And I went through some horrendous, you know, uh, survival experiences there. <clears throat> and it would be more base chakra related. Uh, and people talk about Maui as being Mother Maui, like the heart chakra, and mm-hmm. So I feel like I've also gone through a number of transformations here, but they've been more heart-centered and gentle. Uh, so I, I and actually, I've met many wonderful people here who are in in the healing arts, in transformation, who are in uh, you know writers and artists, and um, you know champion the creative arts. I think the best. One of the best things about Hawaii is because it's multicultural, not not the fact that everybody mixes with everyone. I mean, the Japanese have their own culture, the Filipinos have their own culture, and so forth. But there's a kind of openness and acceptance. Uh, being a person who was brought up on the East Coast, you know, there were, there were definite social hierarchies back there that uh, are much looser here, in my opinion. You know, it's just like people kind of accept you for what you are, not particularly what you do. Right, right. Interesting. Um, Yeah, sounds like a cool place. I haven't been there. I know they talk a lot about those being power spots. Um, Mm -hmm. We've only got about another minute or two to go, so I want to uh, take this last minute or two for Catherine to tell everybody where they can uh, get hold of your book information about you so they can check more of that out if you would well you can get information about me on my website and there's also a link to the book on the website and and a excerpt a free excerpt of of a chapter there if you want to see what the book's about and that is www.catherinestoneears and i'll spell it for you because it's a little different k-a-t-h-a-r-i-n-e Stone S T O N E Ears A Y E R S dot com. There's also a link uh, at the name of the book from Frozenness to Freedom dot com, which you can go if you want a soft cover or hardcover copy. But you can also get that from my website, and there's also um, you can go to Amazon Kindle and and download something if you'd like to download to your computer or Kindle or uh, iPad, something like that. That's the the most economical uh, way to purchase the book if you like doing reading things on your computer. 
Yes, I yeah, I would definitely uh encourage everybody to check that out. Okay, looks like we're we're winding it down here. So uh Catherine, again I want to thank you for being here. Uh the uh, our interview shows go by like instantaneously, I find. Um so I appreciate your, your input here. Uh again, thank you for, 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 for calling in from uh, beautiful Hawaii. Um anyway, so uh again everybody thank you for, for tuning in appreciate all the comments and questions. I'll be here again next week. And uh, check out Catherine's information. It's also on the web link here as well, too, as well as my own. Everybody have a great day, and thanks for uh, tuning in to Snake Oil Radio. Thank you, Jim. I enjoyed it very much. It was great, yeah. You, you did a great job. Um, I appreciate it as, as well. Like I said, um, I have to be... Uh, like I said, I always appreciate the callers, but sometimes I have to remember that we've got to keep them to a five minutes or so. Otherwise, uh-huh. uh, it's about time that way. But it was it was good. I think she brought up some great points for a lot of people uh-huh. that had similar uh, questions as well, too. So, very good. Okay. All Have right. a great Thanks day. Again. You All have right. a great day, too. All right. I Cheers. will. Bye-bye. Bye.